The first reading is Psalm 24, and you can find that on page 555 in the Church Bibles. The earth is the Lord's, and everything in it, the world and all who live in it. For he founded it on the seas and established it on the waters. Who may ascend the mountain of the Lord? Who may stand in his holy place? The one who has a clean hands and a pure heart, who does not trust in an idol or swear by a false god. They will receive blessing from the Lord and vindication from God, their Savior. Such is the generation of those who seek him, who seek your face, God of Jacob. Lift up your heads, you gates. Be lifted up, you ancient doors, that the King of glory may come in. Who is this King of glory? The Lord, strong and mighty. The Lord, mighty in battle. Lift up your heads, you gates. Lift them up, you ancient doors, that the King of glory may come in. Who is he? This King of glory, the Lord Almighty, he is the King of glory. And our second reading is taken from Revelation chapter 7, starting at verse 9, and that's on page 1238 in the Bibles. After this, I looked, and there before me was a great multitude that no one could count, from every nation, tribe, people, and language, standing before the throne and before the Lamb. They were wearing white robes and were holding palm branches in their hands, and they cried out in a loud voice, Salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. All the angels were standing around the throne and around the elders and the four living creatures. They fell down on their faces before the throne and worshipped God, saying, Amen, praise and glory and wisdom and thanks and honor and power and strength be to our God forever and ever. Amen. Then one of the elders asked me, These in white robes, who are they? And where did they come from? I answered, Sir, you know. And he said, These are they who have come out of the great tribulation, they have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. Therefore, they are before the throne of God and serve him day and night in his temple. And he who sits on the throne will shelter them with his presence. Page 
Never again will they hunger. Never again will they thirst. The sun will not beat down on them, nor any scorching heat. The lamb at the center of the throne will be their shepherd. He will lead them to springs of living water. And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. This is the word of the Lord. Well, good morning. Uh, it sounds a bit celebratory, that, doesn't it, what we've just read? So uh, forgive me if I start on a slightly darker note, um, but we're going to get there in the end. We're going to celebrate. Is that all right? You don't look too excited about that, but don't worry about it. When we get to it, I think you'll see what I'm talking about. Now, let me tell you about a day that I once had on the beach. Um, it was a lovely day. We came home to our hotel, and we switched on the TV, as I want to do, because I want to catch up with the news and... Initially, I was very impressed with what I was watching, a marvelous set of special effects, I thought. And then I saw the three letters CNN at the bottom. And I thought, good gracious me, what I've just watched is news. And I had just witnessed the destruction of the Twin Towers. And Heather will tell you, I couldn't take my eyes off it for hours afterwards. I just watched and watched and watched it. I could not believe what I was seeing. And I, I'm, I'm pretty sure that most of you will remember where you were that day and what you did because it was such a significant event. And two days later, we were home and to discover that churches were open, people were confused, people just came in to be quiet, to be angry, to, to just say, what is going on here? What is this about? The world has shifted. And it's my observation that since then, people have lived more uncertain lives People are not sure. People are saying, what if? Unsure about the future. So is God the king? Really? Is that true? With all this stuff happening all over the world, can it possibly be true that there is a king who reigns? If then that's happening, what's going on? So is God the king? who reigns on the throne, or has he lost control? And many people are asking this question. Has he lost control of the world he made? Well, the psalmist's response to it is very, very clear. And if you saw what Felicity read to us at the beginning of Psalm 24, the earth is the Lord's. That's a very emphatic verb, is, there. It says, it is. There is no arguing about it. There's no denying it. It is the Lord's. And, and as if to emphasize it, he bungs on the end of it and everything in it. And then he goes even further and he says, the world and all who live in it. There, there is nobody on this planet over whom God does not have authority. The earth is the Lord's. And all who live in it, the world, are under his authority. There's no getting away from it. And yet again, I look at the news. Uh, I was only looking at it yesterday, another Ebola outbreak, and somebody can pinch a tanker on the high seas, you know, and just get away with it, apparently. And you think, what is going on here? So what does he mean? Well, it says that he established it on the seas, literally on the waters, the same word that's used in creation in Genesis 1. Uh, and waters in Jewish uh, understanding are always chaotic, 
And God says, look, I put this world onto what appeared to be random chaos. And I made it. And I meant it to be like that. Didn't you reflect this week uh, when we were all celebrating, quite rightly, a magnificent achievement of putting men on the moon? Uh, quite like a trip sometimes. Should we have a Christchurch trip to the moon, George? You can sort that out sometime. It'd be great, wouldn't it? Um, but on the very day that we were talking about it, the weather forecaster came on and said, if you go outside tonight, you can see an eclipse of the moon. And we knew when it was going to happen. And he even told us when the next one's going to happen. Why? Because God has created a world completely in control and beautiful in its pattern. And we know that it's just as God made it. So we know when there's going to be a lunar eclipse. And I popped outside our caravan and there it was. A big hole in the moon that was full the night before. Because that's the God who made it. So, others may act in good ways, like these Iranians who pinched a tanker. They may act in good ways, evil ways, whatever. But this earth on which we live, my friends, is God's earth. The psalmist is shouting it. He emphasizes it over and over again. Get it right. The earth is the Lord's, everything in it, the world and all who live in it is God's. He made it. So whether there's people behaving in outrageous ways and whether we're messing up the world or whatever, uh, that never changes. The God of creation is not just in Genesis. You get the God of creation right the way through the whole of the Bible. And you hear it over and over again. The God who spoke the word and it was done was the God who will be the judge and the God who will be the savior. The earth is the Lord's. Just stop and think about it for a minute. If there are things that have caused you <clears throat> doubts or worries or, or, or events that have really concerned you, just, just sort of climb above it. Okay? Think back to creation. Think back to where we're going to end up this morning in the heavenly city. And everything between that God knows about because God is eternal in both directions God started it God will finish it and there is never a moment when God isn't God is always an is he's there and therefore whatever comes at you whatever whether it's health or whether it's issues, whether it's to do with the environment, which we are beginning, aren't we, to understand a little bit better about how we should care for the, the earth that God made. And when we look back and we look and see things out of control and we think, what is going on? Through man's disobedience, what we come to is the belief that there is still a God who is king. We need not fear. Because God is God. Let's just press the pause button and just have a little think about Psalms. Because once we've established that, and if you go there, you look at, um, for he founded it on the seas, established it on the waters. We then immediately get into a second section of this psalm. And it's then about our relationship to God. 
He's, he's established his point very clearly in verses 1 and 2. We've dealt with that. And then it's who may ascend the mountain of the Lord. It's about us and approaching God at this point. Now, some people break psalms up in different ways. And uh, I'm, I'm one of the guys who, who likes to look at psalms in little groups, as well as in the classic books, the five books of the psalms. If you look at 22, 23, and 24 together, you get something very interesting. Psalm 22 is all about the suffering servant. It contains the words that Jesus used on the cross. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? The anguished cries of the psalmist, which Jesus uttered as he was dying for our sin. Psalm 23 is all about the good shepherd. The shepherd who cares, who goes before his sheep and leads them into good pasture. Psalm 24 is all about the sovereign Lord who rules over the earth, the king that we're thinking about this morning. So in response to those three things grouped together, which I don't think is a mistake, I think the psalmist who edited this knew exactly what he was up to, the servant who suffered, the shepherd who cares, the Lord is king. There we have a wonderful picture of the character of God. What's the response to it? To the fact that Jesus died, to the fact that he cares for us, to the fact that he is king. There's only one response. And that response is worship. It is to praise the king who is savior, who is shepherd, who is lord, who is king. And the psalm has a clear response pattern. Who can ascend the hill of the Lord? Now, you need to understand that Jerusalem is about 3,000 feet above sea level, about the same height as Snowden. And you always went, yes, up to it. If you climb from Tel Aviv on the sea coast to Jerusalem, you're constantly driving uphill. If you come from Jericho down in the Dead Sea Hole, up to it. It's all up to Jerusalem. And the pilgrims would come to Jerusalem. They would literally go up to Jerusalem and they would enter often from the south side and what would they find when they got there they would find mikvah do you know what mikvah are ritual cleansing baths they weren't there to make you clean you should have had a bath before you went or a shower you couldn't have one in those days could you it was ritual cleansing who can ascend who can come in those who have consciously in a mikvah bathing bath been cleansed. Who can worship our God, the King? Those whose sins have been taken away by the precious, the wonderful blood of Jesus. Those came through that south Hulda gate of Jerusalem had clean hands because their sins in their context and in their culture have been washed away. Who can ascend? Well, it says so. Who may stand in this holy place? Who can come? He that has clean hearts, who is not trusting in an idol or swearing by a false god. Literally, that applies to a kind of emptiness. Somebody who's sought after something which is empty and, and will go absolutely nowhere. Yes, of course we'll sin again, but we'll, we'll, we can always come to that place of, as it were, entering in 
having sins forgiven. 1 John says it. If we confess our sin, God is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and cleanse us. We can go. And Jesus said, didn't he? Blessed are the pure in heart, for they are cleansed. Their sins are dealt with. And that's how we come to the king. We can come knowing that that is true. And what is more, we don't go looking after anything else. We don't go looking in our modern context for materialism. We don't go looking for things that will satisfy us. We don't go looking for things that are false and will end. We focus, as George said earlier, on the king. We look to the king in whatever we do. We want to know what the king thinks. We want to know what the king says. We want to be with the king. And, and we must be clear that today it is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob who made the world. The God who sent his son to save the world. That is the only hope for the world. For those guys that pinched that tanker yesterday. Their hope is in Jesus. For the guys who spread fear and doom and gloom. Dare I say this for arrogant politicians who are more concerned about power than people. They will appear before the king. We need not fear. The alternative is clear. They will receive blessing. <clears throat> That's verse 5. And vindication from God their Savior. They will be forgiven. And the alternative is clear. Such is the generation of those who seek him. Who seek him, seek his face. The God of Jacob. You must put into that the reverse. Those who don't seek. Those who don't look to him. Will be lost. I don't think we preach that often enough. But there is a, there is a division, sheep, goats, whatever. There, there will be something that says, this person is with Jesus, that person is not with Jesus. And it's all on the basis of clean hands. Affected by the blood of Jesus in our case, but in this case, as the people went up to the temple, they were purified and then they could enter. So, what we must understand is, is this, and we'll kind of wrap this up, I hope, in a, a way that will be helpful to you, but the psalm could have been written. Uh, not everybody agrees with this, but so I'm speculating a bit, and good Bible scholars will probably hammer me afterwards. But one very fine man, Michael Wilcock, believes this is true. He knows what he's talking about. Some people think this psalm was written, particularly for when David came into the uh, city of Jerusalem with the ark. Now, you have to understand just a little bit of history. You know I love history, but forgive me for just telling you about this. Um, the ark had finally made it to Jerusalem. It started in the desert. It contained the words of God's law. It had had one or two adventures with the Philistines. It had been everywhere. And finally, 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 2 Samuel 6, um, the ark is, returning to, is coming to Jerusalem, not returning. It's coming to Jerusalem. And David, if you remember, I thought I'd do an impression of this, as my name is David too, I might do an impression of what David did that day, but I'd probably empty the church if I did. My wife has just nodded that way. I don't know quite why. But he danced before the Lord. He went crazy. 
He just absolutely thought, this is it. Why was he so excited? Why? Because finally, after all the desert wanderings, all the moaning, groaning, manna and quail and all that stuff, all the, the problems of battles under Joshua, all the disobedience of judges, all the bad things that King Saul had done, finally, God is on his throne. He is the king. Forgive me for getting a little excited. I am only trying to mirror what David did that day. And all the people went, yes. Because God was on his throne. He was where he was meant to be. And finally, after years and years and years of wandering disobedience and all sorts of other rubbish that had gone on, the king is on the throne. He dwells in Jerusalem. Now, we're going to try something here, John. Can you go to verse 7, mate? That would be great. This is probably what happened. Uh, you'll see that each verse that we come to, as John flips through it, um, has got a first line and a second line. Now, you know what we do in communion, yeah? The peace of the Lord be with you, you say. Well, most of you do anyway, that's great. Now, this is, this is another one, you see. This is probably what happened. Just imagine you're, you're looking up to the hill of Zion, it's up there, right? And you're coming up to Jerusalem, probably from the south, and you're carrying the ark. It's coming in through the Hulda gate at the bottom of Jerusalem, past the mikvah vase, and you've cleansed. And, and this is what will be said. Now, I say the first bit. I'm the kind of cantor, and you guys, are the, you've got to respond, okay? So I say, lift up your heads, your gates, and you say the other bit. And we do that for four verses. You got it? Yep. Now, you, you can't tickle this, all right? It's not a sort of quiet, somber church moment. This, this is a go-for-it time, all right? So I think we ought to stand for this. Come on, get on your feet. That'd be great. If you can, that'd be super. And uh, just follow this through with me. We're going to rejoice that we're coming to the place where God is king. You with me? Lift up your heads, you gates. Next verse. Who is this king of glory? Lift up your heads, you gates. Lift them up, you gates. Who is he, the key, this King of Glory? Did you enjoy that? Great, wasn't it? Have a seat. Great. So it's clearly written. Now, the who is this is interesting, isn't it? Who is who is he? Who is this King of Glory? Now, I'm going to do a bit of name dropping now. My wife will kill me for this when I get home. Uh, when I was at Wimbledon last week, I walked past John McEnroe. Now, I didn't say. Who's that? I knew exactly who it was. I more said, oh, who is this? Now, do you see the difference? So that who is this and who is he in verses seven, eight and 10 is the people saying, who is this? What are we part of here? We're part of the glorious moment where God's centerpiece, the ark, has been brought into the place where it's meant to dwell on Mount Zion. And everything I've said so far is puny, second rate, lower level, compared to 
when you and I, when we die, go to the mount, go to the mountain, we worship around the throne, and there will be King Jesus. And we will say, as Revelation 7 said to us, worthy is he to receive all the praise and the glory that God's people can muster because he is the king. And he always will be. And he will be that for eternity. And meanwhile, he says to us, his servants, stick around, do what you can, Talk to people about me. But always remember to come back to the hill. To come back to the heavenly city for us. And there stand with the elders. And those that are gathered around the great throne. Friends, is that reality for you? When we stood here only what, days ago, didn't we? And we commended our dear friend Robin to God's merciful keeping. What were we doing? Were we just saying Robin was a great bloke? Were we just saying he was fun to be with? Was I just saying I'd love to give him a hard time about South African sport? You know, is, is that what we were doing? No, no. We were saying in the nicest possible way, you lucky chap. You lucky chap. Because now you're with him forever. Is that a reality deep in your heart? Is that the confidence that you have? Is that what drives you? Is that what says, even if idiots are pinching tankers on the high seas, even if Ebola breaks out again in another terrible country and we grieve that and we do everything we can to help? Yes, of course. Even if we're squandering the environment and messing it in ways that we should be caring for the earth is the Lord's. We need not fear because he is king. And one day I'm going to see him. Are you? Should we pray? Let's pray. Father God, we thank you so much that indeed you are the king on the throne. You're always going to be there. Nothing's going to shift you. You've done what needed to be done to bring us to where you are. You've prepared a place for us. And when you make promises, you don't break them. So, as we look at our world, and, and this world shakes us like 9-11 did, like so many other events have done, give us that trust and that faith in the God who is king. Because the earth is the Lord's, and he made it out of chaos on the waters. He made it for us to enjoy, and men have often wrecked it. So fix our eyes on Jesus, as that song said earlier. Focus on him, the son who is now with his father.
in the heavens where one day we will meet him as Robin has already done and he is with the Lord forever. Please teach us these vital lessons and not only that but help us to live as if that is the reality which is the most important reality in our lives. Amen.